Let's Grow Big Together. And all the fabulous podcasts made by Feast of Fun are made possible because of legendary listeners just like you. For an ad-free experience, access our full catalog of over 3,000 shows on our website, feastoffun.com slash plus, or follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feastoffun. Need help with your bodybuilding? Hire me to consult with you to get to the next level. Message me, Fausto Fernos, directly on Instagram, and for 99 bucks, I'll talk to you one-on-one on the phone and answer every question, every single question your heart desires. Almost every great bodybuilding career starts off as a response to some sort of trauma. For some, it's a terrible accident that forces them to give up their dreams of being a superstar athlete. For others, it's mending a broken heart. Amazingly, all these folks turn their mayhem into muscle with physiques worthy of legend. Let's grow big together. The podcast that's got 99 problems, but going to the gym helps you ignore all of them. I'm Fausto Fernos. And I'm Mark Fillion. In this series, we're taking a look at the passion for muscle, how to build it, how to keep it going, muscle gods, and muscle worship. Today, Tom Austin, a total muscle silver fox, who at the age of 61 stands tall at six foot one, weighing 240 pounds, and steals the show in bodybuilding contests, joins us to talk about his long journey. From overcoming injuries as a result of being hit by a car several times to his past as adult film star Bo Dixon. Tom says his life completely changed once he reached 260 pounds of solid muscle. And today, he works as a trainer and coach to help other people not only pack on the muscle, but transform their lives for the better. Plus, which is harder to bulk or cut? And drinking carbs during your workout and after your workout can grow your muscles like never before. Hello, Festo. Hey, Tom Austin. That's me. Hi. <laughs> this is I'm Fausto and I'm Mark. How are you? <clears throat> excuse me. And I'm Mark. How are you today? And Mark almost just died. So I fell off my bike last Wednesday, so I've got some uh, chest pain from it. Oh my gosh, that's a hard fall. Yeah. Were you on pavement or on wood trail? I, I was on the street and I just uh, was careless and I I kind of went up and over my handlebars, but you know, I thought I landed okay cuz you know, I didn't really feel too much damage at first, but you know, days later it starts creeping up on you did you tell everybody when it happened you meant to do that uh no <laughs> oh just like peewee peewee's great oh. big adventure one of the greatest films ever i think there actually is a uh not in, in uh peewee's big adventure but big top peewee there's a famous bodybuilder in there who was it it was it was uh franco colombo from pumping iron he's in big top peewee Huh. We'll have to go back and watch that with the sound off. I know. Tom, <laughs> you are uh, probably the most requested guest we've had since we started doing Let's Grow Big Together, <laughs> our <laughs> podcast. Yeah, and, you know, part of that is your, uh, your past in adult films certainly, you know, has a lot of uh, people's interest peak in what your life and your sexual adventures are. But, you know... One thing about that a lot of people are attracted to you about is that you're at the age of 61 and you have this massive, beautiful, gigantic, jacked body. How do you do it? I end up uh, having to keep up with everybody around me, real or imagined. 
<laughs> that's passing You're running me in my from old the monsters. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. No, it's just it's always been something I enjoyed. I mean, I was you know I was in like the uh, sixth grade, seventh grade. I, I have an art background, so when I was in the sixth grade, I used to draw pictures of what I wanted to look like as an adult. And uh, me too. My uh, yeah. my brothers and my parents would be like, "Huh, got a lot of work to do. Uh, <laughs> better start eating and lifting." And then the. Uh, and then I'd have like this, you know, we used to be a company called Tropicana. They made this big glass container full of orange juice. Yeah. And um, so everybody uses that for their, you know, the drinking water in the fridge. And uh, it's a great reusable glass b- bottle. And I used it for my protein shakes. So they go in there and they're expecting orange and it's like brown. <laughs> oh, no. Is this wheatgrass? Is this wheatgrass? <laughs> well, I hope you wash the uh, shaker, the, the container after you're done with it, because there's no worse smell in the world than protein shakes that have been sitting in a car for a week. Oh, I know that. There's a, <laughs> a female bodybuilder here. Yeah. And she left one of those containers in her car. And of course, you know, it baked nicely and created its own ecosystem while she was away. And she brought it in and she didn't want to throw it out. She wanted to clean it. So she oh, uncapped no. it. And there's a hair salon also built into <laughs> the gym where, I, where I'm Ooh. working at. And all these people are like, what happened? <laughs> what, <laughs> what died? What are going to do? <laughs> it's interesting you say like hair salon because usually hair salons are notorious for that smell from perm solution, you know? And so it's like the, you're, you guys are like competing to see who can outgas the other. Well, this um, the hair salon is yeah. is called Taper, and Taper is uh, uh-huh. they are a colorist. Oh, okay. So they're so, not you know, they're not giving anybody like a curly curly curl. No, nah, there's no. Yeah, they can do that at home with lilt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Do they still make lilt? <laughs> Down here they do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, it's interesting. There's this article that's being uh, passed around bodybuilding circles this week on uh, from the New York Times that talks about the healing power of strength training. The subheader says everyone knows that weightlifting increases physical strength, but for some, it gives psychological power, too. And in your description of, of your services as a trainer, as a coach, you say that, you know, you really help your clients gain not just muscle but confidence and expanding their living space a lot of the people i work with you know myself included growing up you know Mm -hmm. we were the last one to be asked to join a team in gym you know it's like you know they weren't going to put me as okay you're our power forward in basketball Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. that ain't gonna happen and um so i have a lot of clients that come forward and they have no sports background at all they didn't play tennis they didn't play football they didn't wrestle none of those things and um, so when you first tell them to do something and you tell them how to move and how to, how to uh, actually lift weight, uh, at first they're really timid about it. But I've had people that, you know, when you ask them to do like, you know, standing on one foot or doing a uh, scales or something like that to uh, balance themselves, and it looks like they've been, you know, tossed off a roof. You know, their body's going everywhere trying to balance and it's just not used to it. You know, the muscles of the feet and ankles, you know, aren't in tune. And so once they get past that point, then next thing you know, they're doing pistol squats on a half boso ball, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> wanting everybody to know it. You know? <laughs> and for people who don't know what a pistol squat is, uh, it, 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 is it a sissy squat? Or a bozu ball. It's a, one, it's a one-legged squat. Okay. That's the one exercise that I'm always like raising an eyebrow. I was like, who named that a sissy squat? 
Because like, it's hard to do. Because it's very difficult. Hard. Yeah. It's like the, you know, it is not for sissies. <laughs> That's that is for sure. And the gayest uh, exercise is the donkey press when a guy climbs on your back and then you do calf raises bent over. <laughs> and people are snapping pictures. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've I've actually seen out in the wild heterosexual men doing that together, and I'm always like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> It's like, can I work in with you? <laughs> yeah, I saw two guys at the University of Texas as a weight room doing that one time. And I was just like, oh, my God, they we got to film this and put it travel into the future when the Internet's been invented. Uh. Film this with our mobile devices that don't exist yet and put that on OnlyFans that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> in their defense, it is a very effective exercise, you know, donkey calf races. Oh, yeah, honey. I, I practice that every day. And my calves are <laughs> tiny. <laughs> well, because you're the one that's sitting on somebody's back. Yeah, I'm usually riding. It. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, you know, with the New York Times, I, I do think it's an interesting thing because, you know, like when we talk a lot to bodybuilders on the show, um, a common storyline is that at the beginning of all great careers in bodybuilding is trauma. And for some, it's, you know, sort of being alienated in their youth. Others, it's a near-death experience or great loss. For some, it's having a career-ending injury so they no longer can play football, for example. And so they're turning to bodybuilding. And I've noticed this sometimes with uh, straight guys. They have to sort of like wrap their brain around the idea that now they're in, in a much more sexualized sport than say, you know, boxing would be. I went to my first bodybuilding contest. I was in the uh, ninth grade. That's when I got my driver's license in the late 1900s. I went there, the audience didn't know how to behave either because this was a fairly new thing. This was a California thing that had come our way. But there was a bodybuilding pioneer in my town named Jack King and Jack King put on this contest and this is when they had their own uh, part of AAU athletics. And so people would come out and pose and then the audience wouldn't react. And I was sitting in that audience as a kid, you know, and I'm like, well, here's what's missing, applause. So I started clapping at the end of every pose. And then everybody thought, oh, that's a good idea. They seem to like that. So then everybody started applauding as soon as somebody finished a pose. And it didn't matter whether you knew them or not. And it's like, I was like, oh, this is cool. Mm -hmm. and, then the, and then the second one that I went to years later, I was backstage with a friend of mine. And uh, painted him with the with the dye that was called Protan. And uh, then I was in this room with all these nearly naked people spray painting themselves and putting spraying each other with Pam so they would be shiny. And I thought, well, this is different. This is calling to me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so then when I went to work the next day, and I was telling people what I was what I witnessed, they were like, "So do you consider that a sport?" And uh, I said, no, it's a subculture. <laughs> it really is a subculture. Do you still feel and, uh, that way or is, do you feel like it's a sport now? Um, I don't know that you could call it uh, a true sport because you're, 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 it's like viewing sculptures. Mm. You know, it's like a, when I go to the Naples Museum in Italy, like at, and I look at the Farnese Hercules, I'm looking at, okay, this is a good body. This other one over here where they put, you know, a much younger looking body on it, you know, that's like, okay, I, I don't, I don't like that. 
<laughs> I want this big bear over here. Mm-hmm. And um, and so and there are people that are judging down there that they, they didn't have. There's no judging degree. Um, you um, you just look at something and say, "Do I like that? Do I like the way his legs and his arms and his uh, chest are all balanced together, or or are they not?" Yeah. You know, and if you see somebody who's you know half developed in one way or another, they've left something out entirely like that. Then you know that counts against them. But, but, it, but um, it's interesting because, you know, as LGBT people, we're sort of always told we're not real men or we're not real women. And then there's this like idea of bodybuilding is not a real sport. And that when you lift weights, uh, either unenhanced or with performance enhancing drugs, it's not real muscle because it wasn't developed with, you know, uh, through traditional athletic means, you know. And, and to me, I'm just like. You know, they're they're using this like word real to attack people because it sort of reinforces a power hierarchy that of us versus them. And usually the people that are attacking it are in dire need of exercise or, or you know, <laughs> profoundly unhappy or, or, you know, I think Alexandra Billings, a transgender actor famous for various roles, said the reason that transgender people get attacked so much is because we're out there living our lives and it's visual, you know, you can see that that person's like changing somehow on the outside and, and somebody who's, you know, putting their dreams or their hopes aside for other reasons feel very on an unconscious level attacked. And I'm wondering, like, you know, obviously you're like probably most of the times the biggest guy in the room, but do you feel like sometimes because of your muscle, you're sort of painting a target on yourself? Um, Yes and no. Mm-hmm. And with male bodybuilders, once you get above 250, the world treats you different. The world treats you like you just rolled up in a Lamborghini. Uh. <laughs> now, so, like what, what changed for you? Um, everybody wants to be your friend and a good deal more want to be closer than that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you have people that, you know, just want to be around you because you are so different. And what you have is, a, is an acquired status. That's, that's how I look at it. And then as far as, you know, sport versus art, you know, to me, muscle and your body, it's just another media, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and you want to take it as far as you can without it looking like, you know, an overworked paint by numbers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, for um, for women's bodybuilding and the new uh, physique category that they have and, and bikini uh, used to be bikini class for women. Now it's they have bikini for men. <laughs> So they're always finding a way because people are expressing themselves in different ways. Mm. And it's, it's not quite like, you know, in figure competitions where women are competing, they all have the same outfit and they have the same jewelry and sometimes even the same hair <laughs> and all of which is, you know, rented. <laughs> and then um, and it's, it's not a knock. It's just what, it's just what, how they you do it. Rent anything their, body, their body is finely <laughs> tuned into, you know, carved ebonized wood i mean you know yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic but when you um you have uh somebody that is uh doing physique you know and they have their own trunks you know everybody has a different set of trunks and that's you know a good third of the look but they didn't build it you know because in physique you know they don't really look below the waist you know they look a little bit at your calves if they're phenomenal but other than that they don't care you know so um it's a uh, you know, partially accessorized, you know, by, you know, performance enhancing things or, 
uh, anything else, the bottom line of it is it's your body, it was your canvas, and this is what you brought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you feel like uh, calves uh, are overrated or underrated in terms of, I always see, when I always look at competitions, I'm always like, that guy has the best calves, he's probably going to win. And, and usually um, he does. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, if you have good calves, then certainly that helps. Like yeah. it makes your leg look a lot fuller and, and gives you, a, you know, a greater presence on stage. But if you don't have chest or back or any of those others, you know, then you're not going right. to win. Right, right. Because, because I always told people, said, you know, you don't have great calves, but if it comes down to just calves, you know, you're pretty damn good. Well, and, and part of it is, too, it's a movement-oriented thing in terms of bodybuilding contests. And I've seen so many guys who look phenomenal in photographs, and they get on the stage, and they're just kind of like, their, their movement's choppy, they're shaking, they forget oh, they're to counting. smile. Counting yeah. is my favorite. When they're doing their pers- posing routine, they're like, one, two, three, and turn. One, two, three, and then... That gets annoying. Or if they start lip syncing because they're nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is not Miss Continental. <laughs> I have seen it. Yeah. And one, it was gospel too. So that really didn't help. But the, uh, uh, so it was like lip syncing to like, you know, uh, like dream girls or something. <laughs> That'd be no, it was, it was, this one was actually lip syncing to Maranatha singers. You know, it was gospel. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, was right. like, I said, okay, you're rocking them. So you've never and, um, seen anybody like posed to like, Oh, happy day by <laughs> the, the Hawkins singers, you know? Um, you can, I have seen people pose to some odd things. What's the like and, the strangest um, song you've ever seen someone pose to white rabbit. by Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> that seems, uh, let me guess. That was Kai green who did that. No, but he'd do a good job no matter he what would the do song great. was. Yeah. Yeah. One pill makes you larger <laughs> and one pill makes you small. Why wouldn't you want to pose to that? <laughs> There's um, uh, a couple of uh, tunes that I've always wondered why people didn't choose it. One was Hard as a Rock by ACDC. And yeah. um, uh, a couple of others were from bands like Rush. and like that, But the crowd wants to be entertained when it comes to that evening show. And so I've been in shows in California where it's like, oh my gosh, all these people are talented strippers. <laughs> I'm doing my box step up here and they're up here just, you know, letting it loose and the crowd loves it. Yeah. Well, but, uh, you know, uh, it, it, I think dirtbag music is really good <laughs> for these kind of things. You know, like uh, I'm thinking like Poison, Ain't Nothing But a Good Time would be a great song to pour some sugar on me was, yeah. was one that was popular for a while. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Mortal Mortal Kombat wouldn't go away for a while. Mm. <laughs> Those '80s ballads are probably real good for it. The rock ballads. Yeah. Hey, so, Tom. In terms of you know the beginning of all great bodybuilding careers, having great trauma, um, has there been something in the beginning of your career that was just like a life death, life or death experience, or something that really shifted things for you? I um. I had uh, a hard time learning to look before I crossed the road <laughs> oh, when I was growing up. So I, I've been hit by three cars, you know, wow. different times of my life. And uh, so, you know, that messed me up as far as um, uh, my uh, leg development for a while and um, uh, probably uh, just uh, 
you know, spent too much time on crutches on the way to, they had great arms <laughs> from walking around on crutches. But, um, I don't know. It just, uh, that was one thing. The other was, uh, we moved around a lot when I was a kid. So we, my parents were military contractors. Mm-hmm. So we never were in a place where you'd have like, you know, your lifetime, you know, best friend from kid, you know, childhoods. And, uh, so that makes it hard. So you want to stand out, you want to do something. And, uh, that didn't occur until, you know, like I had my first job out of college that I had a work buddy that I would go, you know, train with. And, um, and then one day there was somebody else at the gym that was like big and buff and, you know, as perfect as I wanted to look, he looked like my old drawings that I used to make. So I went up to him and asked him if I could train with him and then told my work buddy, said, Hey, I'm going to go train with, with Don tonight like that. And he, and he just kind of looked around at me and he's like, so who's this whore you're going to, <laughs> uh. <laughs> you're cheating on me, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, so, you know, then I was like, okay, I'm locked into one person. <laughs> I'm a monogamous training partner. <laughs> it is. It is sort of weird when you have a training partner that you're really close with. It is kind of like being in a relationship. You yeah, know? very much so. Because you, yeah. you trust them yeah. implicitly. You trust them. You know, they're going to get that weight off of you if you mess up or you know if you get hurt. Well, and yeah, part of I've it is too is like you're you're sort of sharing information. You know, so much of bodybuilding is anecdotal. You know, it's like, I mean, you have uh, Jeff Nippard going like, there's a study that was done. And you're like, where's that study? Let me take a look at that. You know, like, you know, it was funded by like the Creatine Manufacturers Association or something, you know. And, yeah, and, now, yeah. Now, uh-huh. now, if things are, yeah, if there's something to be read, you know, I try to find white papers for my information, not yeah. chat rooms or, you know, locker room. And um, so if it's got a dot .gov on the end of it, you know, I tend to believe it. And so when I look at things like, you know, creatine was one of them and uh, production of ATP, uh, one of my courses I took in school, like it was anatomy and physiology. So this stuff is like really fascinating to me. So I feel like, you know, I get my information from good sources without, you know, um, noise or misinformation, you know. Well, certainly recently you had hernia surgery. Yeah, I did. And and when I spot my my clients like that, you know, I am all in, Yeah. you know, so if it's going to fall, like it's going to fall on me and they're getting out of the way. And, um, so I was spotting somebody on leg press one day, the angled leg press and they, um, they couldn't push it. And, uh, I had to pick it up myself and move it. And when I did, it was like, Oh, that's going to cost me. You know? Ouch. <laughs> and, uh, so I left it alone for a little while and then it came back two weeks later and then it went away and then it came back another week later and i said okay i gotta get it fixed and then they went in there and they found three and so um so that kind of stuff is a setback because you know you're making gains you're looking good summer's coming and then you know you got to take two months off does that feel uh like it rings true for you mark (laughs) well i hope i don't have to take two months off i'm hoping i'm just i'll be repaired here in a couple weeks let's see yeah, I mean, Mark's looking great, and he, you know, we both been sort of training. I just turned fifty uh, in April, and I was like, "Baby, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen now." And you know, I'm I'm working with a coach to do a, my first bodybuilding competition in the fall. And, you know, and of you're gonna, and you are going to love that process if you're not already. Like the uh, the actual I fight a lot diet, with my trainer, the bulk, bulking up is yeah. the bulking up is fine. Yeah, the dieting down, you're looking in the mirror and going. Oh, I look terrible. I look awful. I look at, and then, you know, the next year you look at your old pictures, you go, damn, I was hot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, um, 
when yeah. you finally get out on stage, you know, and you've got your routine and you, you feel confident with it and you're, you're, uh, you don't mind standing up there wearing just an eye patch, you know, and, um, you, an eye patch. Yeah. Because that's how big your opposing trunks are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I have a background in, in dance and performance art. So being naked in fine. front of an audience, no big deal. I can learn choreography pretty easily. And in yeah, terms of like, it. you know, not eating, very easy to do for me. The hardest thing for me is like, is just getting those crazy calories. Like to the point, like even my, my coach right now is like, why is your weight going down? Like, and I'm like, literally, cause there's more wood in the fire. So the fire's burning hotter. And, and so that makes the metabolism go more efficient and which defeats the whole bulking process. So I'm literally like, look, and you know, so I'm like, of course I'm going to go like, Oh, let's do the fried chicken and the pizza diet and all this stuff. Then my stomach says, fuck you, Fausto. I'm going to vomit it all out. <laughs> do not be putting cheap gas into this tank. If you're going to be pushing a hundred miles an hour, you know what I'm saying? When I, when I joined a gym, this is when I lived in uh, Alabama. Mm -hmm. I joined a gym and, and, uh, I was like, you know, really, I'm not happy with the way I look. And, uh, so I found this trainer who was sleeping on a sofa, <laughs> but he had these, you know, ginormous legs. And, uh, so I woke him up and I said, Hey, are you a trainer? And he said, yes. And I said, and, uh, he goes, what are you looking for? And I said, well, I want to build my legs up. So you look like, you know what you're doing. And he goes, okay, that's my specialty. So he started working with me and, and, um, about a month into it, he goes, what do you expect to get out of this? And I said, well, I don't want to enter a bodybuilding contest, but I want to look like I could. And uh, he goes, okay, we're going to put you in the Mr. Alabama in six months. Ooh. I was like, That's not what I said, but I'm a pushover. So, okay. And uh, so he put me through it. And inside of three months, I jumped up from 185 to 224. Wow. And uh, then. And your toilet was, was never the same since. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Well, it was it was it was yeah. funny because I was used to you know like making shakes out of whipping cream and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and uh, pizzas every night and steaks and uh, just love this this uh, weight gain. And uh, everybody was you know giving me props and everything. And uh, then I went into train and he goes, okay, your your diet starts tomorrow. Said, <laughs> what do you mean diet? I thought we were on a diet. And uh, he says, yeah, you got to start cutting. And so. Um, he said, okay, no sugars, no dairy, and no bread. I'm like, all right. So then I went to work with no sugar, no bread, all that stuff. And I could smell the Pop-Tarts in the vending machine on the second floor. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, you know, just get it under control. And then I was really cranky. And like the third day I came home from work and I said, God, I can't believe anybody would do this for a living. This is just ridiculous. And he goes, my partner at the time goes, shouldn't you give it a week? <laughs> and I was like, you're right. You're right. Right. I'll buckle down. So I went through the entire process. My trainer went out of town, left three weeks before the contest and didn't come back. He hadn't taught me how to pose yet. So I had to find a tape of Jay Cutler doing mandatory poses and, and, uh, copy that and get my music for the, uh, posing routine, which I chose, uh, from some stuff from gladiator. And went out there and pulled it off and, uh, and won my class. Congratulations. And, 
and it was like the you know the biggest thrill like that and then for like you know the next month you know you've got this rebound gain that happens because you've deprived your body of carbohydrates and you end up gaining more weight than you did when you were at your peak bulk so i was like 235 in like less than a week and weight on stage probably 183 Wow. So that much of a swing, you like it. And I said, all right, this is really uncomfortable. <laughs> and uh, so he said, um, he said, okay, let's back off a little bit. He may have to give you something to get this water off of your ankles and uh, sent me home. Mm-hmm. But every time I would listen to my posing music, the, especially the, uh, the last music that's in Gladiator, I would just well up and cry because I had been through so much that uh, it was just an emotional experience. Mm. So I hope you get to do that too. I, I'm hearing you getting choked up thinking about it right now. Oh, sure. Sure. It's one of, the, one of my favorite things that I've ever put myself through. And, um, and you'll know this too, like that is that, you know, the way that you win in bodybuilding is that you do more than anybody else was willing to do. When you turn around and see that guy sitting next to you in the pump room and he's eating whitefish and oatmeal <laughs> and you go like, oh, my gosh, what a horrible thing. Then he comes in first. That was why. Because mm. he was willing to do anything. Get it yeah. done. A lot of these bodybuilders eat like, you know, 14 year old boys, though. You know, <laughs> they're just like I'm like, uh, you can put salsa on your chicken. You know, it's not, <laughs> not going to throw off your macros or something. <laughs> Well, I had, you know, there's a window where it's like, yes, you can use condiments. You know, you can have, you can have ketchup, (laughs) you can have barbecue sauce, but then at last, uh, you know, four weeks, you know, all that stuff goes away. You're, you're in the dry zone is what I call it. Well, also too, I think when you're eating, it's like, uh, especially when you're eating so much, you want to be very careful about like those spices because, you know, anything can kind of throw that off and then you won't get those calories that you need. So I can see why some of these people are kind of eating kind of bland because they're just like, well, just I mean, get it in yeah. and get it out. And I like variety. I get food fatigue, flavor mm-hmm. fatigue, you know, really quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm forever trying to throw something more than Mrs. Dash on stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And meanwhile, our dog eats the same dog food three times a day for <laughs> 10 years and doesn't complain. <laughs> you know, So I'm just like, maybe we're a little spoiled as human beings. Yeah, we are. We are. In terms of your like uh, your sexuality, um, and, you know, certainly you're very well known as uh, by your other stage name, uh, Bo Dixon, in adult films. Um, in terms of like you know the bodybuilding process and this kind of heightened training, um, one anecdote that I always hear from a lot of gay guys actually is like I started building muscle so I could attract other muscular guys, but then I became so obsessed with building muscle that I didn't have any time for sex at all. <laughs> I became the thing I hated the most. Well, you, um, I have known people who, I mean, uh, here's, here's yeah. a thought, you know, it's not true of everybody. I don't mm-hmm. want to make it an absolute, but if you're a power lifter yeah. and you go in to, you know, go lift weights for three hours of the day, like they do. And you, um, uh, hanging out in there and somebody's going to go for their, you know, latest personal best rep. And, uh, everybody's applauding like it. Everybody's slapping you around, you know, flowering you like chicken with that chalk stuff. And, and you 
pull that weight and they're all clapping and cheering and saying, you know, yeah, man, way to go. Bodybuilding, somebody other side of the room's going, oh, I can't believe they're doing that. They shouldn't do that much weight. No, that's not good for them. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's just all this negativity will come out. Bodybuilders tend to be a lot more bitchy than like a power lifter. And, I, and that's the one thing about bodybuilding that I, that I don't like is there's a lot of jealousy in it. So when somebody's going into a relationship and they're a bodybuilder and they're going to live with and work with another bodybuilder, like there's, there's jealousy that shows up. Mm. Oh, and, because um, somebody inevitably is making more progress than the other. And so you're like, so like, and, in, in like couples, spouses, like, you know, Mark's always like, you brought those, that pint of ice cream to sabotage me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, I brought the ice cream because I love you. And, uh, you know, yeah. Well, there's, there's a saying that, that, yeah. uh, that's attributed to me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's peacocks rarely compliment each other. Because <laughs> they're too busy fanning their mm-hmm. feathers. Well, we and, a, waiting for, yeah. and waiting for their applause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a friend who was a bodybuilder and it was like, uh, we learned to kind of avoid him at the gym in the first hour because he's always come, he would always come in super stressed out, bitch about everything. But then as the workout went on, he'd like become much more relaxed. Yeah. You yeah know? And then the endorphins kick in. Then, yeah. then, you know, that's, that's when they're, everybody's hospitable. <laughs> right. So like, let's you know, just or, wait till you work some of that stress off, you know? Now, the other thing you can, you can judge somebody's intensity by the name of their workout, their pre-workout. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, C4, okay, it's explosive, okay? <laughs> That's what my workout's going to be, explosive. And then, you know, it's all geared to men because you don't, women don't usually respond to mind-blowing vascularity as an attribute. <laughs> no, and they don't uh, want dynamite. Yep, yeah, so the, my favorite one right now, there was one that was called um, Stimulate. And uh, then this other one is called I'm a God. <laughs> <laughs> Humble. <laughs> it's like, okay, I just want the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I just want to take the pre-workout called uh, compassion and kindness. <laughs> but not for the toilet, because, honey, you, a lot of those things have a lot of stimulants in them, uh, especially, you know, a lot more caffeine than you probably should be taking anyways. And, you know, the toilet's going to be taking the ultimate punishment. That's for sure. There's one that's called assault. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, well yeah. this is the thing that's uh, being uh, passed around bodybuilding forums right now is uh, intra, uh, meaning during uh, workout nutrition. And so people are sort of talking about, you know, not just creatine, but uh, taking something like dextrose, sugar, um, well, to pump up your muscles during the workout. Now, I'm a, I'm a big fan of carbolin. Mm-hmm. It was a um, product made by Atwood, but then like, I don't know who took it over after he passed away. But um, but Carbolin is a good product. You can sip it through your workout, and it's not going to weigh you down. Creatine monohydrate can give you sort of a crampy and bloaty feeling in your stomach when mm-hmm. you're trying to work out. So I, w- I think I would always do that like maybe 20 minutes before the workout and then probably about 20 minutes after the workout. Right. And, and, and so, you know, what about, what's your thoughts on, uh, EE, EAA essential amino acids during your workout or, uh, some that people the, talking about citrulline or red sea salt. I don't know anything about that, but if you want, uh, but amino acids, they work. Yeah. 
you know, and it doesn't matter if it's pill or powder or liquid, they work. Mm-hmm. That That is a government paper that I have read before because they were actually figuring out a way to help uh, elderly people maintain their muscle mass once they went into a sedentary lifestyle at a, you know, a retirement home. The, and uh, amino acids are the building blocks of protein. Yeah. yeah. Or protein breaks down into amino acids. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, of the things that give you bang for buck, you know, say, yes, if you use creatine monohydrate responsibly and drink plenty of water when you're on it, then it's going to work beautifully. Uh, amino acids, it doesn't really matter. You can take them with your dinner with coffee, you know, and it's going to be fine. They're, you're going to get full absorption out of those pills. Um, the uh, overuse of caffeine, um, I just think there, there's a healthy time to stop that. <laughs> Uh, because, you know, you're taking more than you know, like some of these things are like 300 milligrams of caffeine. That's like three cups of coffee that you just downed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and for, you know, if you're taking if you're on a steroid cycle, for example, then your adrenaline is going to be already really high. And so pairing that with a highly caffeinated uh, pre-workout is going to, you know, just stress your body out in unnecessary ways. And it's ultimately gets in the way of building muscle. Yeah, I've seen people come into the gym yeah. with a wet shirt and they haven't lifted a thing yet. <laughs> so they've taken their pre-workout. It's like, woo, I feel good. <laughs> now, I, I like uh, the uh, where's Abel the pre-workout <laughs> ingredient or you know intra-workout ingredient citrulline because it sounds like Maybelline. <laughs> but uh, what what exactly is because citrulline kind of acts like a stimulant, but it's not caffeine. Well, there's any number of things that can stimulate your adrenal gland yeah and um and you'll get some kind of a release out of it just like the um uh what was the one that everybody was beta alanine yeah it was another one that people would use and it works and it works so if you have an issue with you know high bp like you know by all means you know choose one of these others listen around me it ain't beta alanine it's alpha alanine lean <laughs> no such product but uh, you know what, what's your take on uh one of my favorite things to talk about with bodybuilders and gay bodybuilders is uh the demon voice um when you you know were doing films obviously i don't, I don't you know i'm not familiar with uh watching your films but uh, like i imagine that you had you know you were talking during the films right Be, in, in leading up to the sex scenes um did you ever change your voice or like lower it intentionally to get people to be a little bit more aroused? No. Well, one, I've only made one, you know, quote unquote, hardcore film. Yeah. And, um, and the other one was just a solo. So I, there was mm-hmm. no real need to lower it during the solo. You're not like, hey, baby, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. And it's the mirror. Yeah. Um, so like, when, uh, Hi, everybody. It's Bo Dixon. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> it's like, well, hello, sailors. The, uh, yeah. So when um, I train people, though, yeah, uh, and they're uh, not into it or whatever, I will use different voices to train oh. them depending on what they're doing. So, you know, one I'll do what I call the Batman count because he's real breathy. And he's like, one, two. <laughs> uh, and, well, that's uh, getting me aroused right now. And then uh, yeah. if they're not trying at all, then it turns into droopy. <laughs> the little cartoon dogs they. I think you can move a little faster, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. 
Yeah, the problem is that with me, it's like I crack jokes and then like if I'm working out with somebody and they're just like, now I need like three minutes of rest just to stop laughing. Yeah, but that's yeah. to me, that's that's like the best, you know, when you're in the gym and, and, uh, <laughs> and you know, it's not ultra serious, you know, you're not yeah. in competition with anybody or any anything, you know, that's to me, that's fun. That's healthy. And um, so when uh, it gets to the point where you're coming in there and it's like, yo, bro, can I get a spot? And then they try to spot to you and and uh, you're yelling at them, you know, like, don't touch the fucking weight, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, there's something wrong with you. You know, you're not friendly. Point on the weight set where they hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, part of it is too, it's, it's, uh, you know, like I've noticed when straight guys do it is, is sort of to, as a, you know, the same way a dog growls, it's like, I don't want to have conflict. So I'm changing the way I speak in order to sort of like indicate, you know, to back off, to give me space. And of course, you know, sometimes gay guys or women who are, you know, aroused by that, they're just like, yeah, daddy, you know, <laughs> which has the opposite effect. And some like, you know, straight guys like build muscle thinking they're going to impress women and all they get is attention from other men, even straight guys. Yeah, that's, that's true. The, um, the, you know, cycle of uh, acceptability, I guess, or, you know, when uh, acceptance it's like you first go to the gym, you start working out, and you're all alone. It's like you know, really hard to just stick with it and keep going. Then as you start to put on size, then it's like you find somebody else that's close to your size and experience, and then your guys become buds. And you keep going up, and you keep going up. And uh, then eventually, when you cross the threshold into that 250 zone, then all of a sudden, you know, you're the you're the top predator in the food chain. <laughs> Eat me, baby. Eat me, daddy. <laughs> It's like, you know, you, you go back to, you know, change clothes and people follow you. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you didn't take anything out of a locker room. Why do you have glasses on in the shower? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know, like I, I noticed the shift for my body was when men started offering money for my clothes, the sweaty clothes. Yeah. And the beauty yeah. of that is how would they know, you know, that it was yours or not? Oh, because yeah, so. they see, like, I've had somebody buy my underwear at the gym after my workout. Like, message me on, on Grindr and be like, uh, how much? And I'm like, well, it's $75 shipping and handling included. <laughs> and they're like, no, I'm in the gym right now. And I'm like, okay. It's still $75. <laughs> at 75 bucks, and I'll meet you in the sauna, whatever. And, and the guy was just like, you know, in the sauna, pulls out his phone uh, cash apps me 75 bucks. And I, I took those, those Hanes underwear that I bought at target, you know, grandpa Hanes with holes in them and stuff like that, took them off and gave them to him so fast. I ran out of there and stuff. And he was just like, thank you so much. Yeah. That's fresh. <laughs> like he Don't was get much fresher than that. I mean, I, I might as well, you know, he might have had cancer and I cured it with my farts. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like, it was that situation that he was extremely grateful and that I was so chill and relaxed about it too. Well, you know, if it's not a complicated transaction, then, you know, fine. But you know, you didn't have to go through the clean per eBay standards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to, what? So am I like making my, putting myself in legal trouble if I sell my sweaty clothes 
I have to like sanitize them somehow or not, not, not unless it was uh, intended for a medical remedy. Okay. No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in terms of like, are you dating anybody these days or like, are you single or I have a partner? Yeah. Congratulations. And, um, and, uh, he has a very strong personality. So he lets me be me. And, uh, that's been just a huge gift, you know, just to, you know, no matter what loony thing I'm going to do next, he's like, it's, that's fine. Go ahead. And, um, we've been together now for six years. That's so romantic. And And is it, does he share your passion for bodybuilding as well? Uh, no, but he wants to stay in shape and, uh, but not be, make it his obsession. Like mine has been. Mm. And, um, uh, he's smart, yeah. So he makes up for what I lack. <laughs> <laughs> You're no dummy either. <laughs> what does it take to be a good trainer or a coach? To pay attention, you know, simple as that. Yeah. You know, when you look at when I bring somebody in, you know, I said, okay, you're you're going to walk. Show me your walk. You know, get up off the floor without using your hands. Okay, and then set them down and put them through some machines, and you know set the machine correctly for their body type and their size and femur length and all that stuff. And then, you know, usually the motion is in just, you know, one track, you know, it's mm-hmm. not going to be anything that's a lot of rotation. And then, um, I can see what their body is going to be. You know, my art background, I graduated with, with a four year degree in fine art with sculpture. Mm. So I always get people. It's like, you know, saying, you know how much that's worth? And uh, so what I'll do is uh, I'll walk around them and I'll say, okay, now I know what I want you to look like, what you can look like. And um, so then I start banging on those areas of them to make them bigger or make something else smaller. And uh, if they stick with it for, uh, you know, two, three years like that, you know, they will look like what was in my mind's eye. And um, if they want to take the shortcuts and just, you know, just do chest and arms or something like that, then, you know, they'll kind of go off the rails because they usually won't stick with it because they won't start advancing to that point where more people like what you look like and they want to find out your secret. Yeah, we call those uh, white meat because it's all breast and wing, no thigh, no leg. <laughs> and, 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 it's, and it's strange to me because, like, you know, I'm come, I've come from the perspective and the generation that, like, it's impossible to you know, make one muscle much bigger by training it specifically. Like if you want bigger arms, you have to develop your legs. And to, and so when I run across people who have that sort of like imbalance, I'm always like really impressed that they were able to achieve that in the first place. Or they don't topple over. Right. Yeah. (laughs) When, um, you see people, one of the things that's, uh, you see happening a lot online is, uh, you know, Friends don't let friends skip leg day. Don't skip leg day. And you never know what somebody else has gone through to look like the way they do. You know, there could have been a severe injury. There could have been nerve damage. There could have been, you know, anything down the line that would make somebody's legs atrophy. Because if you've ever had uh, sciatica and it's pinching that nerve that comes out of your L3, L4 and goes around your pelvis and then through and down your uh, femur, Mm -hmm. that's what innervates the leg and that's what's telling the body to build that piece of muscle mass if there's a damage to that nerve that leg size will disappear in less than three weeks 
Oh, wow. So, you know, you can easily mistake somebody for having a, a severe injury or some type of uh, damage for being lazy. Like that, And that can actually be very hurtful for somebody because they're trying to get it back as best they can. Mm. You know, so I, I don't, if somebody has an imbalance, but they're happy, I'd rather see happy people. Yeah. It's just another lesson to like, don't judge people at the gym, at the gym. You just never know what they're going through. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Mm -hmm. That's very true. And you want people to, to have a positive experience when they come to the gym. Otherwise it's, it's gym class all over again. Mm -hmm. But sometimes people are like, you know, the way they handle equipment at the gym is the way they drive on the freeway. <laughs> you know well, the ones the yeah. ones that do leg extension and and don't understand gravity, yeah. <laughs> there's everything slamming. It's like that's a four thousand piece of equipment, Mister. <laughs> I use that. Mm. <laughs> I know it's it, it is a uh, you know part of it is is like it's it's creating that striking that balance of like if you see somebody who's like out to harm themselves and you feel like they're receptive to feedback from you. By all means, you know, step in. Like I have these. Uh, Foster's told people at the gym, like, go talk to this guy about slamming that equipment. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, uh, what is that? Curb your enthusiasm, Larry David. Mm -hmm. I'm like, do you mind just being a little quieter over there, please? Thank you. <laughs> and they're doing deadlifts, you know. <laughs> Tom, now that now sometimes you know, I, a gym to me is not a library. You know, you should be allowed to yell. It's yeah, primal yes, therapy yes. as well as physical therapy. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to deadlift and there are people in there that are doing Pilates or things that are pretty quiet, that kind of stuff. And uh, then my guys are over there doing deadlift. <laughs> There's a little bit of smirk in me when that happens, you know, because I like making the noise. I like having, you know, the, I guess the animal part of it, you know, uh, come forward. Bring the noise, bring in the funk. <laughs> exactly exactly tom how have you changed your uh workout regime like uh, what you do like over the years like because uh, you know you're you're getting older i mean we're all getting older uh or are you, are, are you not looking at that are you just saying like i'm gonna work out like i was 40 or 45 or have you tailored some stuff well one is uh i'm not a big fan of finding your max every week yeah, which I see some, you know, a fair number of people trying to do, because if you just continually go up in weight, you know, you you could have a cinder block outside, and you could keep stacking forty fives on it. Eventually, it's going to break. Mm. You know, that's just the way it works. So what I try to do is look at how the body is supposed to move, how it's supposed to push. You know, the, you know, you see a lot of people that are doing this now, and I'm sure other people did it besides me like that. But when I first started training. I was like, okay, why does it hurt somebody's shoulder? Why is it bothering their bicep tendon? Why is it bothering their collarbone? And uh, so, they, okay, let's figure it out. Let's move the elbow in and push from there and still going straight up. And then I realized, okay, it's still going to hurt some people. So what if we did it in an arc? So now we drop the weight lower on the sternum mm -hmm. and push it back over the jaw to take the pressure off of the shoulder. And when you find those little tweaks, you know, you're – making the movement more efficient and you're making it easier on the joints because the ones that are supposed to be pulling or pushing the muscles that are supposed to do those things are now being activated like they should be rather than putting all the weight on the shoulders in a bench press, for example. Uh, we have some great questions from our listeners uh, that pour in um, this. I don't know if this is a good one for you, but uh, this is an anonymous question. 
Um, I'm really into bodybuilders. I'm a bodybuilder myself. How do I get uh, a three or four guys into a group scene of muscle worship? And my answer for that <laughs> is like, no one's gonna <laughs> set up a group for you. You gotta do it yourself. Mm -hmm. You gotta lift exactly. the weights yourself. That is exactly right. F find what you like and invite them over. But is there any special considerations when, you know, entertaining for four bodybuilders at once? Like, should you serve, you know, a macro balance snacks or <laughs> extra mirrors? <laughs> Lu Lu what makes the best lubricant for a sex party as opposed to, us? you know, Pam cooking spray is not going to be. It's not gonna it. Yeah, not with flour in it either. Yeah. <laughs> the butter flavored Pam. Mm, butter. But is it like, you know, in terms of like oiling up your body for sex, do you prefer like sesame oil or uh, silicone based lubricant, Crisco? Body, or? Eros, Body Glide. Really? Because I find like stuff um, uh, messes with my pores, you know, like it clogs um, up your pores in your face. And you can always tell like you were you know, like, um, burying your you know, face like, in somebody's bicep the next day because you got like zits on your cheeks. You have to wash afterwards, degrease. Hmm. But you want to keep that smell on your mouth, you know. Do you have Dawn in your shower? Dawn is great for cutting, yeah, silicone <laughs> lubricant for sure. So a little extra, little extra Dawn facial wash. <laughs> Takes it right off. Uh, Mike Brown wants to know, uh, where can one find the best routine or best way to start bodybuilding? I've been thinking about it, but I have some fat I need to get rid of first. And Mike's a well, thick the, guy. Um, you can do both at the same time. I don't know why you would need to wait for one and then the other. Otherwise, you'll never do it. Mm. There ain't no way to do it, but to go. A lot try of people it. like to throw up those roadblocks and be like, I can't do it because of this or I can't do it because of that. And it's like, well, you can always a workaround. Well, for, in order to be successful in a bodybuilding venture, like that, you know, I always think of it as a three legged stool. So, you know, one leg is your training, and most people will show up at the gym. And then the other one is your food. You know, are you eating enough of the right kinds of food to give your body energy so that you can work out and be happy and go home and sleep at night? And lastly, it is your rest, your sleep. If you don't have enough sleep, then uh, it takes six hours for your body to repair all its neural paths while you're unconscious. And uh, if you don't get enough sleep, then, you know, you tend to get more edgy I think because your body hasn't had a chance to reset. But if any one of those three points are off you're not going to see growth mm -hmm. uh brett wants to know how do you decide which supplements to take and you know uh mark and i were organizing the vitamins and pills and potions we take and put it on the kitchen table and it was it just seemed like we were insane like i, I almost hesitate to post it on the internet because people be like you have an illness <laughs> hmm. I mean, it does look like a Whole Foods vitamin counter exploded. Mm -hmm. And there are some things yeah. that I said, throw that out. We never take it. That's yeah, dubious. Yeah. Why do we even have that? Oh, our friend gave us that. Get rid of it. But I'm like, you know, I'm still holding on to a bottle of Up Your Gas that I bought in 1995 because it has ephedra in it. And if I ever need ephedra, I can get it from that little bottle there. Well, I don't understand why <laughs> you know, the U.S. in particular is kind of rife with recreational drugs at you know every bar turn or school and um and yet you can't get ephedra 
but it's like it wasn't that much more dangerous than drinking 300 milligrams of caffeine and shotgun explode or whatever it was. Mm. Well, it yeah, was so uh, it was a Dr. Phil. People I died, believe. right? Dr. Phil did a special. He was now who is now a Trump or Republican. So, you know, anything he says. And he uh, was kind of behind uh, the banning of uh, Fenfen, which was ephedra. And you re- I remember Jacked with a three in it, and you had a form of meth in it. <laughs> yes, exactly right. I yes. love taking Jacked before a workout, but you know, I was like, this probably is not going to be good in the long run. It's like crack. It was crack. Yeah, it was crack. Yeah, it was getting people addicted to it. You're very right. And I tell and, you, um, I've actually smoked crack before the workout, and it had similar effects. You know, like you're just like, you can lift anything, nothing matters. Oops, I got injured. So what? Let's keep going. You know, oh, is that an ambulance? Oh, wow, I'm in the hospital now. What? <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't know anything about yeah. how those particular substances affected anybody. And um, I had a, uh, a client that could come in and uh, lift just an enormous amount of weight. And, and he was tiny and I never could figure it out. And um, so then, uh, you know, like four or five years later, people are telling me, I said, oh, yeah, they they had a, a hunger for something. And I was like, oh, OK, all right. I guess it makes sense. You know, so now when I interview people to see if I want to take them as a client, I go through medical history. But now I have to go through, you know, a second level <laughs> of things and then uh, find out what they do just to make themselves content. You know, like some people. You know, they're going to take the same multivitamin for the rest of their life. And mm-hmm. other people are going to take uh, Ambien, you know, forever or Lunestra, mm-hmm. one of these other things. And all these things have, you know, a, a side effect of sorts. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you take a multivitamin, that multivitamin, when it goes into your body and has a, may or may not have an enteric coating on it. So when it goes through your uh, GI tract, it never stops and says, okay, I'm going to sit right here until I'm dissolved. You know, it keeps on moving. And that's why when you go to the restroom, like that, your urine is an odd color. It's because you, your money's going out that way. Ah. And so, so for some things, it's best to take it twice. You know, take your vitamin in the morning and then take it again, you know, after mm-hmm. your dinner. So that you have more of a steady flow effect of that. And, um, and the same could be true of your aminos um, and uh, you know, anything but your pre-workout. That's a once-a-day thing. <laughs> Uh, Matthew wants to know, um, what's a great way to overcome procrastination? For me, I have to make a list. And if I don't get, you know, because the list is going to have a hierarchy. You know, if you've got repair your, your back deck at the house or wash dishes, take the trash out guarantee your deck's not going to be first. <laughs> so you're going to... Oh, decks. Decks. D-E. Okay. D-E. Yeah. D-E-C-K-S. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry, I'm 14 so for, years old. So for old me, myself, I, I always end up just checking off my list <laughs> yeah. and eventually I'll get to it like that. But uh, it still might be six months for that. <laughs> the big project gets done. It is interesting. Like uh, I tell people, yeah, I'm preparing for a contest in the fall of 2023 and they're just like how can you do that i don't even know what i'm doing three months from now you want to give whoever's working with you a chance to get to know your body right and what that means is you know how you know if you miss a a meal do you lose 10 pounds overnight 
you know, how carb sensitive are you? Uh, are you insulin resistant? You know, if you do take in a bunch of carbs, you know, does your body respond by having a fuller look to it? You know, the glycogen load that you pick up. Um, so, you know, that's what, that's what the long term should be doing is finding out, you know, how your body is actually processing all its nutrients and how you get into a rest um, uh, habit and things of that sort. Because if you just like walk up and say, okay, it's three months before the, you know, New York pro show, like that, you know, and you're my guy, then that person's going to diet you down. You're going to lose so much muscle unless they're just extremely lucky. Because you put somebody on a diet, put them on cardio for two hours a day and and, uh, restrict their food intake, they're just going to wither away unless you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Doug wants to know, uh, he's married to his husband and uh, they're both wanting to uh, build muscle. We're looking for a good protein drink and we don't know which one to select. He's really thin and I need to drop about 50 pounds of fat. I thought we might need two different types of protein drinks for our specific needs. I don't know about that, like a bulking versus cutting in terms of like, you know, isn't whey, whey? I mean. Well, it depends. You know, there are some uh, proteins that are zero carb. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, ISO 100 is, is one of those. Um, I think it's some of the other ones. Uh, but I find like those uh, those ISO uh, whey protein variants, and for people not familiar, it's a uh, it's whey protein that's even like more digested, if you want to describe it as that, where all the components are broken down. And when I take it, I feel like almost like a blood sugar crashing in terms of protein. Like I, I don't like that how it feels in my body. And other people take that ISO pure stuff and have no problems with it. What what I would would recommend now best mm -hmm. practice now you know other information could come through or people could uh, already have a better way to do it but i like using like a fitbit or something to actually count the number of calories i burned in my workout and then i go back and i say okay these are the carbohydrates that i have burned up because i didn't work out so long that i went into some sort oh. of glucogenesis and you know, protein was being broken down and my uh, uh, fats were being broken down. And so it, the body just took every, all the carbs that it had stored as glycogen and used them. So then you go back and you replace those carbs first and then drink your zero carb protein. Interesting. Yeah. And so, so in terms of like uh, intra or during workout nutrition, you know, usually people have been saying uh, just take about 200 grams of dextrose, for example, which is a lot of gummy bears <laughs> um, into your, you know, workout drink while you're, while you're working out to sort of like bring, because you know, your body's releasing insulin when it takes that sugar and then the protein that you just took pumps up your muscles and the, with the sugar. So it's like, it's a, a lot of people really enthusiastic about this approach because it almost creates an anabolic state in your musculature without anabolic steroids. Well, you have to, also think of, you know, speaking of creatine specifically mm -hmm. and yeah. ATP, mm -hmm. in your muscle cells, and go down to one muscle cell, in that cell, there are a billion ATP. A billion. And, and you work out, and two minutes later, all one billion are replaced. 
That's incredible. So the level of of timing or whatever, uh, if you take something during the workout, your body is already working pretty hard to give you energy and give you contractions. So um, if you have something heavy in your stomach, you know, then uh, I think that's going to detract from your actual workout. That won't be unhealthy like that, but I think you won't be able to get as much of your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Angst out mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're lifting um, if your stomach is full. Now, if somebody's going to to just sip on it throughout the workout, then uh, the carbolin and uh, creatine will probably work just fine. What is in carbolin? Because I, I, I keep it. We love it. We take it a, a scoop of it with our protein at the end of the workout. Um, and I feel like it's really, uh, you know, having that that uh, complex. I don't even call it a complex sugar, but that carbohydrate. Tell, it's helps carbohydrate. To, it's yeah. carbohydrate that doesn't seem to generate much of an insulin response. Right. And it's, I don't, it's, immediate, it it's immediately. Well, it's immediately burned as a carbohydrate because it's readily available. Because mm. I'm like reading the label and it just says, right, uh, carbolin special blend made from corn, rice, and and I'm like, well, what is that exactly? Is it, is it they dextrose? Used to be, or? Uh, no, yeah. it's not dextrose. Maltodextrose is in a lot of weight gain powders. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's marshmallows. <laughs> what? Oh, wow, really? Yes, it's marshmallows. Malto well, carbolin is marshmallows, or no, no, no. Car- carbolin is still made from corn. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, but uh, maltodextrose is basically marshmallows. It's vegan, so you can take it. <laughs> it's the other white food. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> uh, you know, when people go like, "Well, I'm vegan. I don't want to be taking a lot of you know. I feel like protein's dangerous because it." You know, they they start putting like all these dietary restrictions that you're just kind of like raising an eye at them. Well, there are people who have been successful as a vegetarian bodybuilder. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it would be vegan because I don't know if if Bill Pearl, for example, early pioneer bodybuilder in the mm-hmm. '60s, he uh, and there's his books are still available on online through Amazon. The uh, uh, he, he was a complete vegetarian, but I think he did eat eggs, and I think. Uh, Right. That uh, that was as far as it went. I don't think he had ate fish, but I know he didn't eat red meat at all. And there are Indian bodybuilders that look phenomenal who are on, you know, that diet of lentils. You know, so um, you know it can work like that, but it's hard. And if you're going to get the maximum number of, you know, in order to create a calorie surplus, you've got to count everything up. So when you go in and you look at, you know, black beans, and it says, okay, I've got nine grams of protein, and 10 grams of carbs in black beans and you start totaling all this up, you know, what does one cup have? What is, you know, half a cup have whatever your servings are. And it ends up being a huge amount of food that you, that you have to put away when you're vegan, mm. if you want to do bodybuilding. Well, it's like cows are eating all day long, you know, <laughs> that's a that lot chew- of masala dough size. Huh? <laughs> They're just chewing and chewing and chewing. <laughs> Well, Tom, uh, you're based out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and the name of the gym is Gravity Fitness. You train out of there, right? Yes. And, uh, and it's a it's a mama papa gym. It's not a it's not a chain. And you, uh, what, what is it? Gravity Fitness, where there's always a rack waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always tell them, you know, the T-shirt should be, if it weren't for gravity, I wouldn't be here. 
<laughs> that's really good. Well, it's a real pleasure uh, uh, chatting with you and getting to know you better. You know, it's like too bad there's not a Tom Austin in every city in America because you would be a great trainer for anybody, you know? Oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, people can follow you on Instagram, right? Uh, Tom underscore Austin training. Yep. And if they want to harangue me for misstatements, mistakes, differences of opinion, they can certainly reach me there. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you get like any money from your old uh, adult film work at all? Oh, gosh, no. Oh, so we don't even bother talking about that. No, I don't make any money off of that. And and it was uh, problematic from the start. Not something I'd recommend along with 300 milligrams of caffeine. (laughs) Well, I mean, do you feel like, uh, you know, part of the, have you been able to attract good clients because of, Oh, sure. Not because Uh nobody comes up and goes, Oh, I I know. Remember you, you did one film. (laughs) Like I I know Um, a a one very famous uh, adult film star who since then is retired and he does personal training and he has to charge uh, consultation fees because he gets so many people showing up, not wanting really to train with him, but they're just like fans of his work and they bring posters of him naked, you know, and with Sharpies to get them to sign it. Well, um, you know, there are boundaries, you know, I don't know that I would carry a naked poster of anybody to another business. <laughs> well, you know, it's one of their professional the covers, you know, the, of the, of the VHS tape. Mm. <laughs> That's how far back this guy goes, you know? But, um, yeah, but yeah, you know, it's, you can have all sorts of, you know, unrequited, uh, I guess, attractions, mm. you know? Well, part of it is that, you know, like Mark and I are known for many different things. And sometimes it is frustrating when people zero in on that one thing you did, you know, 20 years ago. And yeah, because everybody wants yeah. to be taken seriously because, mm-hmm. you know, in, when you're being a trainer, you're, you know, not really in a medical field like that, but people, you know, trust you like they would a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you uh, take care of them, you check on them like that. You know, if there's an injury, you work around it, you, you help them repair it. Um, and in particular, you know, if like, some of my people are um, are older as well. And... You know, they just don't get out like they used to. They don't have as much to do as they used to. They're all retired. like So you get somebody like that to be able to get up and move around and, and get all their mobility back and their strength and stamina back. Like that. You know, you've probably added, you know, a good five, ten years to their life. Mm. That's, that must feel really good. I, I, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. When I um, uh, see somebody progress, you know, from being scared of trying something, you know, to you know, owning it, like, uh, it just, you know, I get a big smile on my face or sometimes you, they, it awakens something in them. They forgot they did. Like one person used to take karate when he was, you know, in like elementary school. And, uh, so I was having to do some balance stuff and all of a sudden he's like, Oh yeah, I know how to do this. And, and, uh, he was like champ of the class for a while. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's fun when you see people succeed. Muscle remembers. That's exactly right. Muscle never forgets. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, thank you so much for talking to us. If you're ever in Chicago, let's hang out together and uh, definitely come join us in the home studio. We'll make you some ground bison stew. I happen to like bison. Bison's magic.
I don't know what what is it like. My my trainer uh, turned me on to it, and we were making like these stews, and I'm just like, this is amazing stuff, and it costs the same as a grass fed beef. There's a Vietnamese restaurant here that uh, makes a a bison uh, fillet stew, and um, is just absolutely wonderful on a on a winter day. Mm. <laughs> mm, mm. Winter in Atlanta. What, what's for dinner tonight, Tom? <laughs> Uh, because I'm doing this, uh, bulking diet thing, it's going to be steak and chicken. Sounds good. They, they call that in uh, Colombia, a matrimonio, a matrimonio, the matrimony. You're marrying the, <laughs> the beef and the chicken together. I'll have to think about that then. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's just a, a steak and chicken, nothing else. No, no, no steak, and chicken, steak and chicken salad. You got to have roughage. Okay. <laughs> and, 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 uh, uh huh. And sweet potatoes. Uh, Superfood. I am what I am. Ah. Well, you are you are a sweet potato yourself, Tom. Uh, thank you so much for talking to us. <laughs> I enjoyed it. You guys have a great day. You Take too, care, Tom, love, Tom. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Tom Austin lives in Atlanta, Georgia. Hire him as your trainer or coach at Gravity Fitness, and follow him on Instagram at Tom T H O M underscore Austin underscore training. Of course, we're putting all the links to that as we are supplement and focus today is Carbolin. We do not receive any money from those supplement companies. These are supplements we use. And we and take we the like Carbolin it. after the workout with our protein. Yes. And you said it also helps with uh, stopping your body from producing cortisol, stress. Which, is, which is a stress hormone, which can help, uh, which creates belly fat, the cortisol stuff. Well, also uh, keeps muscle from growing. Mm. Stress is catabolic. Hate's gonna kill the muscle, honey, so be a lover. Tom, what a sexy, hairy muscle He's a beast! Bear. He's a monster. I know. He's like six foot three, 260 pounds. I mean, it's like, like... Once you cross that 250, I'm just like... <laughs> yeah, literally, what is a 260 pound... What is the expression? What is a 260 pound gorilla? Pound 300 pound gorilla sit anywhere he wants, you know? And part of it is like, you know, it's important to proceed through the world with compassion and kindness because ultimately, you know, we're just meat bags. And what keeps us together is love, our relationships to Under each other. Skin. Under our skin. <laughs> the invisible parts of you are the most important. Mm -hmm. It's the part no one sees. The iceberg underneath the surface of the ocean. I want to remind folks that Let's Grow Big Together is a production of Feast of Fun. And the best way to support this podcast is to become a Plus member. And you can do that feastoffun.com slash plus. Or maybe you'd like to make a one-time donation. You can do that feastoffun.com slash donate. Or send Faust a little cash app some money. Yeah. Some, some one guy's uh, just sending five bucks every week. Awesome. I love it. And I'm like, thank you. Whoever you are is the only person doing it, but it's like, it means a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I am selling my sweaty t-shirts and underwear for listeners of the podcast. It is $75 shipping and handling to the continental United States. If it's going to Alaska, Hawaii, or Puerto Rico, uh, round that up to a hundred dollars, daddy. <laughs> and I'll sell my sweaty, sweaty, dirty, dirty drawers to you. I'll mm. uh, also do an hour consulting uh, for people who are wanting to get started or have questions about anything. And I mean anything. 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 Anything will be answered in an hour for 99 bucks. Just uh, reach out to me on social media, Fausto Fernos. 
at uh, Instagram, Facebook land, Twitter land, Scruff Grinder, Christian Mingles, Everywhere. BGC, and all the lands across the land. Uh, we have some po- Apple Podcast reviews that are in, in the bottom of today's uh, document here. Uh, Christian says, you know, this podcast is like a Trojan horse. <laughs> I wonder where they got that from. Phenomenal companion to Feast of Fun. Let's grow big together. Loving where this is going so far. I myself am not connected to the bodybuilding or fitness world, and I'm already learning a ton about the dedication and discipline required, but with much humor sprinkled in. Another hit from the Fausto and Mark combo. Muscle! <laughs> and another person writes, love this podcast. Great format. Thoughtful insights and a lot of fun. I also love that the series talks about muscle worship in a healthy, interesting way. Out of the shadows and into the light. Thank you for giving uh, my fans a forum for building community, identity. Keep the great content coming. Heart. Yes, honey. It's not, well, you know, muscle worship or admiration mm-hmm. or just a appreciation of the physique. It's, and, you know, what uh, Christian's talking about this being a Trojan horse is that, you know, the early days of LGBT media, gay newspapers and publications were athletic journals, physique pictorials. Uh, Chuck Renslow, who started International Mr. Leather, he uh, got his start in activism and gay, the gay world by photographing muscular athletes and ballet dancers here in Chicago. And he had to fight the United States Postal Service. Yeah, because they were like, this is pornography. And it's like, uh, there's no dicks showing. Hello. They're in their underwear. And even into the day and age, you know, people like you post a photograph of yourself, even though your genitals are covered. And sometimes people Instagram accounts get shut down just because they're too sexy Um, or they're triggering people. You know, you're painting a target on yourself because you're sharing your body out there with the world. And somebody who has any kind of um, shortcomings anxieties about it and some of those people run tech companies and create policies to limit the way we can communicate with each other so the secret sauce the secret for let's grow big together is that this is really a podcast on sexuality that happens to be snuck in as a fitness podcast (laughs) but just keep that a secret between you mark and me yes it's a secret Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.